This is the Eating Well podcast number 13 on Volumetrics. to our website at eatingwellpodcast.blogspot.com and you can send in your questions and email feedback to eating.well at gmail.com. I wanted to point something out. Some people are sending in recordings of their questions. They record themselves on an MP3 and send it in. Oh, cool. I don't know. How to import it? Well, no, I, I can do that, but some of them... It sounds like they're being recorded on a cell phone oh. or something. I'm not sure. So don't be upset that we're not including those. They're just, they don't sound oh, the not sound listenable. Not right. So, so I, we greatly appreciate that. It'd be awesome to have you on the show with yeah. us. But Maybe one day. One day if you... In our podcast future... On to volumetrics. So I just want to first acknowledge that this term was originally coined by Dr. Barbara Rolls, and she actually has a book out, um, a couple of books out actually, but her most recent one is called The Volumetrics Eating Plan, and she's essentially the pioneer in this field of eating well and healthy living and meal planning and weight loss and weight management and just overall health um, in this area of looking at volumes of food, nutrient-dense food, calorie-dense food, and it's really a wonderful book and it's a must-have for those who wish to reduce their calorie intake while maintaining a similar or even greater amount of food that you wish to intake. Some people I do call volume eaters. So, so volumetrics, it, once you understand the idea and you get the principle of it, it just becomes a matter of, well, how do you do it? Exactly. And that's where having tips and experience and having someone kind of, you know, light the path for you mm-hmm. really helps out a lot because there's so many things you can do. And it just becomes a matter of uh, using the technique. And one of the key points in all of this is that nutritious foods can still be poor choices when they're very dense. And that could be things like nuts or peanut butter and I think we talked in our last episode about uh, I forget his name but he was trying to gain weight Brooks Brooks he was trying to gain weight and so we offered up some of the foods that are still high in nutrition like dried fruit but are very dense so if you are a high volume eater and you choose to eat that food you're going to in order to feel satisfied, want to consume a larger amount than is really appropriate for that dense of a food. And this becomes a problem if you're struggling to maintain your weight or if you're desiring to lose weight. So peanut butter is a great food choice, whether it be a snack or part of your meal. However, there's a big difference between a tablespoon and a quarter of a cup. That's right. And this is very much a means to use portion control without reducing the entire volume of your meal. Right. So what does it mean when we say something is nutritionally dense? 
So you have something like uh, soda in general. You're having some high fructose corn syrup and some colors and some water. The water is good for you. The rest of it is not. There's no nutrition involved. So that you're lacking nutrition density. However, is that too confusing? Well, that's the, that's the, the opposite. opposite. This the is opposite. the opposite. Something that is nutritionally dense is... Beans, nuts, fruits and vegetables. But that means that oh, for, the, for, the physical, for the physical size of what you're eating, there is a lot of nutrition in there. The, the greatest of uh, the constituents of what you're eating actually contains nutrition, things that are healthy for your body. That's right. And so there becomes sort of a gray area for some people in the difference between calorie-dense and nutrition-dense. Sugar, for example, is very calorie-dense. For one teaspoon of sugar, there's a lot of calories. Whereas a teaspoon of water, the same volume, there's no calories. Right. Okay. But you're still looking at nutrition. We don't have any nutrition in water. There's no nutrition in water. There's no nutrition in sugar either. So, sugar is cal is calorie dense but not nutrition dense. Right. That dried fruit, a teaspoon's worth, which would be hard to measure, but to go with me, a teaspoon's worth of dried fruit is nutritious. It's probably the same amount of calories as that sugar. A really nice example in this particular definition is grapes compared to raisins. That's right. A cup of grapes is full of water. It's very nutrition dense. It's nutritious, I should say. Suck out all the water, and now you have a quarter cup of raisins, very nutrient-dense, nutrient and calorie-dense. Right. So the whole point that we're trying to get to is it takes the same amount of low nutritional density food as it does high density food to feel like you've eaten enough, to feel satisfied. An example also is if you have your plate, your dinner plate that you always eat off of, you probably, no matter what you're making for your meal that day, you're going to put the same volume of food on that plate because that's what your body is used to consuming at that time of the day each day. Same with your breakfast cereal. You're going to have the same size bowl. You're not going to use a tiny little um, storage bowl. You're not going to use a huge mixing bowl. You have your cereal bowl, and that's the volume of food that you typically eat. doesn't really matter the the calorie density or the nutrition density, just that volume per se that you're used to eating. That's right. Now, we should just kind of throw in there that we're not talking about eating to your full because we don't think that's a good idea ever. Right. Eating to feel, to feel, and I use that in quotes, feel satisfied is what we're talking about. So, you can with volumetrics, provide yourself a means to convert something that is nutritionally dense into something that is still nutritious, but more satisfying, providing a higher volume portion. The portion you get is higher volume. So, let's say that you have uh, your, your portion of nuts, for example, is a quarter of a cup. Mm -hmm. That's the amount that you're going to have. Okay. It's a very small amount of nuts. If you eat that, you will not feel satisfied. Right. So we're going to take that and expand that by putting it into a salad, for example. 
Now you're still going to eat that same amount of nutrition in the nuts. You're still getting that. But now the volume has been expanded by adding that, that salad contents into several more cups of material. Right. So you can eat that and be satisfied without blowing, without having to eat that same volume in nuts. Okay. And this is, this is good for a number of reasons. You can reduce the total number of calories per meal because most people eat until they feel satisfied or they eat until they're full. You can maintain high nutrition in your, in your foods by including them into low nutrition, high volume foods such as water and some soups and lettuce, for example. Mm-hmm. And it can help you manage proper fluid intake by adding water to things where it's appropriate. And it has an, an economic benefit by stretching out some of the food that you get by expanding its volume so you eat less of it. Absolutely. So if you're wondering why is this important, how does this apply to me, um, hopefully something kind of hit with each of you. Yeah. So some how-tos, how does this fit into my life practically on an everyday basis. Um, here's a few tips for you in general. Um, speaking of calorie dense foods and or beverages, it's always ideal to eat the entire piece of fruit rather than drink its juice. You can drink eight ounces of juice in a few seconds, um, but that's very calorie dense. It takes a lot longer to eat an orange or eat an apple and you're getting better nutrition out of it. It's going to keep you more full. Eating a piece of fruit with the fiber intact is going to be more satisfying than drinking its juices. And we've said this a number of times. We've touched on that point in particular a number of times because uh, people tend to believe that fruit juice is really a good alternative to sodas. It's the choice to make most times. You know, I have to say on that note, I just saw a commercial yesterday for Florida orange juice saying that an 8-ounce serving is going to give you a, some amount of your fruits and vegetable servings for the day. And I was so bummed by that because, for the most part, people drink the pulp-free orange juice, and it does take the fiber out. And like I said earlier, it's not going to fill you up as much. Um, I would not consider any juices part of your servings per day. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lot of sugar. It's good sugar. It's, mm-hmm, it's fructose. Natural. Natural, natural sugar. But it's a lot more calories per ounce than you should be having if you're trying to get your fruits and vegetables in. Yeah, an ounce of orange juice compared to an ounce of orange is very different. Very, very different. Um, Another example that I like to use pretty regularly um, that people can relate to is anytime you're making an entree, a snack, a dessert, a salad, whatever, try to add as much a volume of fruits and or vegetables to that meal as possible. Um, a great example is a pasta dish. You kind of mentioned this earlier. If you go to a restaurant and you're served a plate of pasta, chances are you're getting at least four cups being served to you. Four cups, most of us could eat in one sitting. Well, pasta in general is about 200 calories a cup. So times your four cups, there's 800 calories. We're not talking about your appetizer or your bread or your wine or your dessert. Just the pasta in front of you is at least 800 calories for those of you out there that know your calories well. You haven't even considered the sauce. You're not just eating 
cooked pasta on that no, plate. No, not just plain noodles. No? You might have got the Alfredo, maybe some butter. <laughs> maybe you were health conscious and you went for the red sauce, the marinara. Key here is try to use this volumetrics principle by bringing in some vegetables. They're going to have pasta options with veggies, so ask for a plate to be served to you or a bowl to be served to you with predominantly vegetables with maybe one cup of pasta thrown in there. So if you have a serving that's still four cups, just like we mentioned earlier, but three of those are vegetables at about 40 calories per cup on average, you now have the same volume of food, four cups of food in front of you, three veggies and one pasta, now you only have about 320 calories. Tremendous savings. Yeah, it's less than half. I don't know about you guys, but I'm busy these days, and I don't want to go and try to find a way to burn off on on the treadmill or at the gym or whatever another another 400 calories that day. Yeah, if you think about it in terms of how much exercise you have to do, <laughs> that sells it for me. Yeah, we're, we're both pretty health conscious, and we make it a point to get our exercise in, but most people that we know or can relate to are maybe burning 400 calories per week. So if you're having this kind of meal regularly or consistently, um, that can pose a problem, and it, it might be the reason why you're struggling with weight. Oh, yeah. Um, another example is ice cream. I, I know <laughs> a lot of you out there might be like me. I love ice cream. It can get me in trouble. However, if you've looked at the nutrition label lately, you, you see that one serving size is only a half a cup. It's so, de- it's so depressing. It's so depressing. I mean, who eats a half a cup of ice cream? It just doesn't happen very often. Uh, even more, who's going to measure? Yeah, unless you're like us, right? Yeah, unless you know better. <laughs> who's going to pull out the one half cup measuring tool and, and level and it off? Put the rest of that half gallon back and just yeah. go. I think we can eat a half a cup just while we're while we're serving it to ourselves. That's right. That's the extras the that sticks to the spoon, and the, you got to <laughs> scrape what's on the lid off, right? And the, uh, what's that? The ice cream scooper? You're licking <laughs> that, and whatever yeah. else. So. So you can get yourself in trouble with ice cream. My trick with this is to cut up a banana or two or some other fruit in your bowl. Virtually fill your bowl up with fruit. And then you really can just take a moderate scoop of ice cream and put it on top so that you have enough to kind of eat in every bite, but you're really filling up on some great nutrient-dense food, and this volumetrics principle is a perfect example. And this also comes into a little bit of conscious eating. Oh, yeah. You know, if you have that half cup of ice cream, first of all, it better be the best ice cream ever made. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no point in wasting your time and calories, time in terms of time eating and time exercising it off. Right. With ice cream that just wasn't worth it. If it's mediocre ice cream, you know what? That's your call. That doesn't fly for me. I'm only going to invest that much time and energy into the best ice cream. Right. And the conscious eating part, you kind of say, you know, the point is to really appreciate what you're having. Pay attention. It's not like now you've got your half cup of ice cream, you've pre-invested in uh, getting a lower calorie meal throughout the rest of the day so you can afford these calories. Appreciate it. Pay attention to what you're doing. You're not going to plop down in front of the TV and just scarf it. Before you know it's gone, you didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Just thought I had I had to throw that in there. I got so into it. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, another one that I like to do is when you're going to a restaurant. First of all, think about what you order. If you're going to have a piece of steak or prime rib, in general, the higher fat proteins are served in a very large portion size. 
If you opt for a piece of turkey or chicken or fish, visualize this. You know you're going to get a smaller portion. It's just the way restaurants operate. Um, so my tip here with the volumetrics is to first of all order the leaner protein and second of all consider your side dishes. If they offer you steamed or grilled vegetables, you can get two sides of that and skip the baked potato, skip the rice pilaf. If you do get the baked potato, omit the butter and sour cream or, or go ahead and splurge on the sour cream, but watch out for the butter and the cheeses. Yeah, you know, a potato is kind of like a, um, I, I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a switchblade knife. It's safe <laughs> to handle, but if you push that button of the bacon, oh, now it's very dangerous. It's similar to the salad bar concept. Oh, yeah. The salad bar is nice if you choose the right things. Right. It depends it's kind on of like you put a, on top. It's kind of like a minefield. If you step on the wrong one, now your salad bar was really lots of fat and calories. Right. Whether you're at home or you're at a, a salad bar in general, or just mentioning that a lot, or at a holiday party, you want to use smaller cups, smaller plates, smaller bowls. If you're the hostess of a party, only display and set out the smaller, um, I want to say utensils, but it's not utensils. Well, actually utensils as well. If you have a smaller serving utensil, you're probably going to take less of that particular food. But basically using smaller plates and bowls, you'll eat less of that more calorie dense foods. If you think about it, when just picture for a moment, someone's got a great big bowl of food X and they are and I'll use the term shoveling the food into their mouth. <laughs> okay. We've all done that, witnessed it. We know what that is. Yeah. You don't picture them with the little sample spoon from a popular ice cream. <laughs> the little pink spoon? The little pink spoon. <laughs> you can't do it with that. It right. doesn't work. So if you have a smaller utensil with which to operate, I'm not saying you got to go get a whole flock of little pink spoons, <laughs> but... You're going to eat less. You're going to eat less. You're going to eat slower. And it's going to be more of a conscious effort because getting anything on that little spoon is a challenge. Definitely. Um, I think I guess we'll just um, sum up here a little and really just focus really just emphasize that the focus here is on nutrition, making healthy food choices, um, and moderation of the extras. So if you're going to have calorie-dense foods, you really have to practice moderation. If you're willing to have lots of fruits and vegetables, go crazy. Use volumetrics to your advantage. And keep in mind that even healthy and nutrition foods, even healthy and nutritious foods, can be very calorie dense, like the walnuts and almonds and whole beans and dry fruits. They're good for you, but watch out for portion sizes. That's right. There's two ways you can do this. You can take your nutritionally dense food and add it to something like nuts on a salad, or you can take your very nu nutritionally dense food and add something to it, like water into a soup, to reduce the density. And it's just two approaches, and there are countless, countless examples. Really too much for us to get into, and whatever it is that you're interested in modifying, you should tell us. Let us know how it goes and, and what you've tried and what what's working for you. I do want to throw a couple of examples in here of what I do on a pretty much regular basis. Um, almost daily, I'd say, I have a large salad with several cups of lettuce or greens or spinach in there with other cups of vegetables and I do eat this out of a serving bowl by the way. Yeah. 
Um, and then throw a couple of ounces, one to three ounces of protein in there, whether it be beans or fish or a soy-based product. It's a large volume of food for well under 500 calories. Um, another option I choose is having two cups of fruit with a half a cup of non-fat yogurt or cottage cheese. It's satisfying. There's some protein involved to help keep me over longer, but the fruit keeps the calories low. Another great one is starting off with three cups of vegetables. Doesn't matter if they're mixed or my favorites by themselves in the one cup of pasta or brown rice or another unusual option like gnocchi or quinoa or once again a soy-based product. Or if you're a meat eater, you know, it's a great way to do like stir-fried chicken, some vegetables, just watch the oil. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what I do frequently is take my cups and cups of vegetables, onions and bell peppers and mushrooms, and throw those all into a pot and get them, you know, you, you clarify the onions and you get your uh, bell peppers so they're tender. And then uh, mushrooms go in kind of near the end and then throw in some protein. And it's just good. I'll oftentimes throw in some salsa in there, which is primarily water and tomatoes. And that adds a lot of bulk and volume. And the end result is I've had the high-calorie portion of that being the protein is now expanded to several, several cups of nutritious food. Low-calorie Yeah. as well. The last um, tip I have that's one of my most recent favorites is there's some wonderful vegetable tapenades out there um, that are tomato-based or eggplant-based, just grilled vegetable-based. And they're wonderful to either dip your carrots in or some type of whole grain cracker. But anytime you can find a wonderful substitute that's flavorful and crunchy in place of chips and dip, you're doing yourself a great service. I don't know what that is. Vegetable tapenade? Yeah. It usually comes in a jar. And it's essentially grilled vegetables, sometimes mixed with a little canola or olive oil. Um, but it's been pureed, but not always. It's somewhat chunky. It's kind of like... Uh a drier, more pasty form of salsa? Yeah, but it's, I wouldn't call it dry, but drier, I would drier. say, than salsa. It's still very chunky and, and juicy uh -huh. and uh, refreshing and filling, so the volume is still there, but it's a combination with some savory flavors added to it, some spices and whatnot. And it's really not a salsa-flavored kind of thing. It's more... It takes on more of a vegetable dip type consistency and flavor. And if you have it with, a, with something like, again, uh, the carrots or the crackers, it, you can still have that crunch that you're looking for. I wonder if you would use it with something like uh, celery. Oh, yeah. I use it with celery. Any kind of vegetables that you would normally find on a vegetable platter. And sometimes I even just dump out the jar of the vegetable tapenade into my favorite um, bag of frozen vegetables and use it and as just a heat it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Have yeah. to try that. It's wonderful. Actually, when we're done recording, I'll let you try some. Cool. Add some in the fridge. Yeah. So if you have questions or you have ideas, we'd like to hear them. Uh, we are back. This is our second in a row. So uh, we're interested in getting your feedback and your comments and what you've tried and what did and didn't work. And just kind of share back with the community. There's a lot more of you out there than you realize. And it's kind of our job to try and make the connections for you and bring the common questions up to the front. So I'm sure you're not the only one that has the question you're answering. You're, you've got... So ask it, and uh, we'll we'll try and get our connections together for you. Yeah, it's springtime, so here come the 
the warmer clothes, and I know you're ready to get fit, so let us know what you want to hear about. Thanks. Be Thanks. well. Be well.